It's a simple recipe, but it would mean so much to me. Turn on the gas and make me feel fine. And all I wanna say is, just give me some hot pizza. Folks, welcome in. Steve Siddall here with another episode of Financial Pizza. It's the only podcast that features clips and more from some of the best financial advisors heard around the country on radio and in podcasts every week. This week, we've got Joe Murphy talking about what could happen to Social Security in the next decade. Joseph Lanza has some insight to helping you save a bit more for retirement. And Parker Holland has a case study that highlights a happy retirement. But first, well, let's say welcome to Chrissy Paradis, part of the podcast. Hey, Chrissy. Steve, I am so excited to be here. It has been a long time since you and I have been on the air together. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it goes back a couple of days. I mean, well, actually like 10 years, right? It, it a, a little more than that. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, me no, older then. no, no, no. Uh, actually, yeah, you were kind enough to, be, I mean, be one of my very first, the very first talented voices that I worked with in radio. And uh, still hold that trophy is the most helpful oh, and the most talented. I love you, Steve. You know this. Ah, oh, Chrissy. Yes, <laughs> we go back a long ways, and it's fun. And and um, but so let's do this podcast. Let's uh, let's dig into this thing. It was um, you know, a lot going on this week, right? Kind of a big week. Oh, it was. That was the week that was. It's over. Let it go. That was the week that was. It started way above par. All right, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Chrissy, what are you leading with? We are leading with a follow-up to a story that you discussed last week on the show. That Domino's offer for the emergency pizza, you call Domino's. I love that. And you make an $8 or more order, and then you can redeem that emergency pizza between now and February 11. Well, February 11th happens to be the Super Bowl, and <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday is actually, I thought it would be the first holiday for pizza eaters or pizza deliverers. Uh, it is not. It is the second, next to Halloween, actually. Uh, but huh. they still sell 12 billion pizzas that is a lot of pizzas so how many people billion with a b oh million did i say billion oh wait hold on no, i heard billion okay so anyway 12 million 12 million, it is. million and that's a lot of pizza for domino's how many people will be redeeming that emergency pizza on super bowl sunday will that pose a problem well i don't know i mean you can have you can pull the emergency pizza cord anytime I don't know that they thought this one out all the way, Steve, because (laughs) these drivers are going to be uh, run ragged. They're going to be waiting until the 12, until it's 11.59 on Super Bowl Sunday. I have a feeling, but uh, it does coincide with that legendary big game, and it's taking place for 57 years, and they announced the halftime show star. Do you know who it is? I think I heard, but I don't remember. It will be Usher. Oh yeah, Usher. Yeah, yeah. He's cool. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of his music, but I. Uh, but he was. Uh, 
uh, he was on the uh, the Voice. Yes, for one season. Yes, and he I, was. I mean, he seems like a decent fellow, very talented, truly. He has a Vegas residency, and the game is taking place at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Hmm. So I think that might have something to do with it, but it kind of leads us into the next topic that I had, which is this this funflation that is happening, <laughs> the rising cost of having fun. Right, and and the uh, the sacrifices that people are making, and uh, so where where does it go? Uh, funflation. Are you going to spend more on a concert ticket or on a vacation? Well, a lot of folks are spending more and more for live entertainment, and it's reached an unprecedented high recently, largely thanks to Taylor Swift. And <laughs> yeah. just for 2023, her gross earnings from concerts are $780 million. She does 56 shows and walks away with a pretty nice little paycheck. But according to StubHub, the ticket's average resale value were more than $1,000 per ticket. Well, uh, you know what? I, I remember we have the story here. Sixty percent of Americans say they've had to cut back on spending on live entertainment because of rising costs. How about that? Yeah, Wall Street Journal Karma Credit say twenty-six uh, percent said that they don't spend any money at all on live entertainment. That's up from sixteen percent before the pandemic. It is incredible, Steve. Of all the artists that you know and love, you have such an extensive an eclectic library. Would you pay over $1,000 right now to go see any artist? Not even a close. Nope. Me neither. <laughs> Unless Freddie Mercury, you know, came back. If he remarkably comes back, <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll go then. Yep. And I'll spend a thousand bucks to see that. That might be the only exception for me. Me but, too. <laughs> but it's, it is wild because folks are actually, uh, the, there is a thing called revenge travel. That is as it's hotter than ever for some reason. And folks are, quote, doing it for the gram, Steve. Folks are booking these extravagant vacations in these beautiful locations, these tropical locations, and they are doing it. Uh, and the tourism industry was getting this influx of cash, very, very happy about it. And yet they're puzzled. And rather than coming in for a vacation to enjoy themselves, folks are literally doing it for taking selfies on Instagram and a quote <laughs> from a gentleman uh, at a resort in Miami said, they just come take a nice selfie, publish them on social media, increase the popularity of this place and leave. Does <laughs> okay, that, well, there, does that, that sound just seems fun? Weird. Yeah. Sounds fun. <laughs> I mean, go get some fun in the sun and uh, take a selfie. <laughs> I mean, coming for the selfie and a short term stay, it seems like a lot of work, Folks put a lot of work into their vacation planning, especially to make sure that every little piece is in order. But uh, revenge travel, trying to get back at the at the COVID, at the lockdown that we had and not being able to travel is what it's been called. And folks are worried that that is going to dissipate largely over the next few years. In fact, Morningstar and Market Watch say that goods are coming back. And consumers are going to be deploying more of their spending power on goods than services and tourism. And it's going to greatly benefit retailers. They listed the top three stores that 
they believe will be benefiting from this. And I'm wondering if you could guess one of the three. Hmm, one of the three. So who are going to benefit from the 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 staying home thing? Benefit from the the uh, influx in goods coming up around the holidays uh, and things like that. Well, it's got to be, you know, maybe Target or Walmart, something like that. I thought so, too. But number one, Victoria's Secret. Oh, I heard they brought back the angels. They they did. And, I mean, that's the best part of Victoria's Secret, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, that's what everybody wants to see. Uh, unfortunately, they won't be in the stores. So that's a little... <laughs> puzzling to me so okay so if that's number one what's what's next five below is number two oh is... wow that i mean that's a that's that's a must stop before christmas for the grandkids right a great stocking stuffer location that made yep. complete sense to me number three steve is crocs <laughs> crocs really i am so surprised is this trend not over I mean, I, for me, it never started, to be honest. <laughs> not, not, not yet. Wait till your birthday. Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a, here's, I got a statistic here for you. 30% of uh, white collar workers with access to paid leave, uh, they have in fact taken sick time this year. That's up from just 21% in 2019. Are we taking more sick time? Are people just not coming in? You know, I think a lot of folks that either work hybrid or remote and have since the pandemic uh, are maybe confusing folks like us that work in the office uh, every day. And maybe that's led to a little bit of a trend of, of folks saying, hey, I've got the time off or I could say that I'm sick. Why come in? Because my friends have a very flexible schedule and I'd like to do something with them. <laughs> Well, sure. Why not? Why I have not, not done that, of course. No, nor have I. Yeah, never. But that's very interesting. I mean, it is interesting. Yeah, because it kind of is showing a, uh, a dishonesty that is. <laughs> I mean, it feels a little bit unnecessary, but that's okay. Yeah. Hey, do what you got to do. Right, do what you got to do. What else you got? Oh. So it has been 36 years since the Dow Jones Industrial Average experienced that unprecedented meltdown that ricocheted around the world, earning the nickname Black Monday. And that was less than a month before I was born. I'm aging myself, yes. But I don't recall this infamous and likely very financially catastrophic event. So Steve, break it down for us. Because for me, Black Friday, I know what Black Friday is, but Black Monday sounds... Right. Black Monday. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's when the that's when the market tanked, and folks are right. And you said thirty years ago. So thirty. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, do you think there'll be another? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, that's the thing. You never really know. It's true, and it, I mean, thirty six years to the date on Thursday this past week on October nineteen. Yep. I mean, that is is extraordinary. I, I imagine folks lost a lot of money and it's kind of all the more important uh, to listen to folks like the fellas we'll be listening to on the show today because there are so many other options and there are so many ways to safely grow money that I didn't even know about until I started working with these, these smart folks. It's incredible. These, well, 
Absolutely. Well, that's a great job. Let's jump in. Uh, Joe Murphy is going to be up first here, and he's talking about the state of Social Security, and it's a, something that, well, Chrissy, you and I both talk to advisors all over the country every week, and that is certainly a topic that comes up. But what's interesting here uh, is Joe Murphy from Murphy Wealth Management is giving us some insight into what he thinks Social Security, what he thinks might happen to Social Security. Think of it this way. You know, we look at right now, the largest segment of our population and the voters is all in the boomers. They, right. they, they run the boat. Unfortunately, boomer representation kicked the can down the road a little bit when it comes to Social Security and, and preventing this potential shortfall. They just staved it off and staved it off. And now they're getting a little bit more pressure to act. So we're starting to see th some things get released, but there's no solution. It's going to require bipartisan work. And in this environment right now, the way our government is running, um, it doesn't seem they're willing to work on anything together. Um, so to me, I just think this will probably be backburnered, but not for our clients. We want to plan for this. But if you look at, Steve, the age bracket that will be in voting power when this comes to fruition in the 2030s, in the mid-2030s, it's not going to be the boomers anymore. No. It's going to be the younger generation. And what is their priority, Steve? I'll, I'll rattle off a couple and you might have a couple more. Climate change. They're very concerned about our world. You know, they want to leave the world a better place. So we see the green movement. We see, you know, the electric cars. We see that movement. They're very concerned with climate change. Um, free child care, another biggie that they're very concerned about. You know, they want that paid for. Um, free college, you know, obviously, and, and, you know, it's hard to argue with that one because universities have basically become almost unaffordable in, in some states. Very true. The, the, the expenses are just insane. So maybe government supplemented college education, um, student loan forgiveness. We've seen this uh, rear its head, you know, the last couple months here in the loan forgiveness. You know, this, these debts have burdened these younger generations. And, you know, there's two schools of thought here. You know, you signed on the dotted line, that's yours. Or these loans were predatory. You know, wherever you fall or however you feel is fine. But these kids are concerned about student loan forgiveness. Universal health care, Steve, another biggie on the younger person's mind. You know, they don't want this privatization of healthcare where these profit margins go up, up, up. You know, they want something probably similar to what Canada has, where it's universal. There's a bunch of whole new slew of problems with that, but it's something that they want. And we're putting all those needs of the younger generation versus social security for an older generation. Um, I just don't see when they go into voting power, them bypassing all those things that they want to make sure that our seniors have full retirement benefits. That's where I really changed my mind, Steve. And I'm not sure if that makes sense to you, but it really clicked with me. Okay. Yeah. That does make sense. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think so. I think it has to make sense because look, you know, we have to do something. We have to make sure these gaps are, are prepared for, because if we don't fight for this generation and our seniors, I just don't see the younger generation putting it up in our government to make sure that this happens. And that's why I really changed my mind. And that's why I wanted to be one of the few advisors to offer this program out to our clients so we can identify if there is a problem. So with Social Security reduction, Steve, I think one of the biggest things is who would actually be vulnerable? And running a lot of these reports now, I'm starting to get, you know, with data, once data starts coming back, you start really 
you know, identifying trends. Maybe that's the trader in me, but mm -hmm. I'm always looking at trends. So the lowest portion, the lowest income earners would experience the greatest drop in their total retirement income as a lot of them predominantly rely on social security as their mainstream. So potential cut for someone's depending 60, 70, 80% of their retirement income coming from social security, they're the ones that are the most vulnerable. We've always heard that President Biden is only going to go after income earners over 400,000, but a reduction would be a reduction across the board. So our lower earners would be vulnerable to this type of reduction. Um, younger retirees, and again, you know, you, you're, you're in that retirement red zone, um, they would experience greater reduction as more of their retirement would be spent after Social Security runs out. So <laughs> the younger people are really concerned with this. You know, people that are in their late 40s, early 50s, you know, they've been reading about this. They've been watching this. They know that that future benefit could potentially be reduced. It's a huge concern because they are younger. They have a long time to live. And if you have that paycheck coming in from Social Security and it's reduced, it's less overall money in your pocket. And to replace that benefit reduction, say it's $500 a month, you would have to put a large chunk of change into an annuity to create that same type of level of paycheck. That's why we want to plan up front. And again, you know, when we're looking between women and men, women would experience a greater reduction as they begin taking benefits earlier and live longer. So this would hurt our ladies. And that is something those big three, again, Steve, we're looking at this trend and we're seeing we need to do something. We need to step in and we need to get our audience educated on this potential reduction and then create some strategies through gap planning to make sure that our clients and our listeners are not susceptible down the road if Congress doesn't act. That was going to be my question. What sorts of things are you planning or what sorts of strategies uh, exist out there or are you going to have to create some? Great question, Steve. So who is going to be affected by the potential reform? You know, and will the fix impact you? So here's the big three that they're looking at. Number one, I'm going to bring this up. And the last time I said this, it triggered a lot of phone calls from a lot of very upset people, and I don't blame them. Means testing. Oh, um, it, yeah, it's it's going to be a combination of of these things, guys. And you know, we just if if you didn't get a COVID stimulus, um, or you're paying a, a, an elevated premium on your Medicare Part B, you've already been means tested. You know what that means, Steve? It that means, means it's based on income. That's right. And that means our government already can do it. So they already have the means to means test. So because um, that's what they do with Medicare, Part B. That's exactly right. So it's not some far off technology. They already have what they need. It's based on income. So if you're earning a large portion of income, guarantee they're definitely going to be means testing that if that's part of the reduction. Um, raising the retirement age. This is number two. So we saw it back in 1983, we had a gradual increase of uh, the old uh, Social Security FRA age was age 65. Now we're over age 67. So that was a gradual raise and that resulted in about a 12% reduction of overall benefits just from simply raising the retirement age. So looking at this overall, Steve, again, this is really why this is such a critical topic to keep discussing, keep educating. And I wanna keep bringing this up um, every week on this radio show to stay in front of people. And if you haven't picked up that phone yet and you haven't called for your very own risk report, this is your opportunity to do that. 
There is no cost. There is no invasive questions. This is a simple conversation between a fiduciary financial advisor and you. So if you're listening to my voice right now, you want to pick up that phone, talk to our reception, schedule that 15-minute intro call. It will be one of the best calls that you make because we will be able to identify if you even have a problem. And if you're at a low risk score, I'm going to tell you, congratulations, you're good to go. But if there is an elevated risk, that's when I will talk to you about potential gap planning strategies so we can make sure that you circumvent, you go around, you go through, you go under these potential reductions so they do not completely derail your future retirement. We all want the bucket list. We all want to travel. We want to play golf. We want to spend time with the grandkids. A reduction of $500 a month may mean X, less vacation, less time with the grandkids. We need to make sure that you're covered. And we have a way to gap plan if Social Security ever reduces more than 3% in a given year, we can make up that benefit. Those are the options that we use to gap plan. And that's what I want to talk to our listeners about for the next couple of weeks. That is amazing. I mean, we, I know, Chrissy, you listened to that and, and your jaw dropped. I am blown away. Now, I am a Joe Murphy fan. I am a fan of the entire Murphy Wealth Management team. So I have to say that because he is well, so yeah. practical. He is so honest and he is helping folks prepare for something that would impact retirees across the board in a very significant way. And he is being so so direct about this and so matter of fact those priorities that that are uh the voters right now or or my i guess probably my generation yeah you're the one that's gonna call the shots here i, I, I certainly uh I'm not in line with a lot of these i'll say uh i might get a few hate calls for that no but uh the climate change electric vehicles free college student loan forgiveness universal health care in theory wonderful but in practice messy and um, <laughs> yes, that's, unnecessary. that's a great word yeah <laughs> so well, i'll tell you what let's let's give folks great. a chat i mean i'm i'm gonna give i'm gonna give out joe's number all right it's let me number pick up we my use phone. on the show all right so 800-930-5905 that's 800-930-5905 and if you want to hear the show you can find it on podcast anywhere you get a podcast and you can listen to him if you're in the chicagoland area he is on uh, AM 560, the answer W-I-N-D is in, in Chicago. And uh, Joe, by the way, is in Valpo, Indiana, which is just across the Illinois border. Gosh, I mean, what an incredible and useful resource to do that proactive risk analysis. And it requires like no time besides just asking a, a few questions. It's not invasive, right. costs no money. I mean, get, getting that risk score, that is something that... I would be, I mean, like chomping at the bit because it, it's a great first step and it's a fiduciary. He's working in yeah. your best interest. He's being honest and that's his duty. That is his duty. And uh, so on that note, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's head to Southwest Florida where we find Joseph Lanza. Normally he's with Eric Carney, but uh, Eric is off doing things. And Joseph is here and he had a great line, uh, a great bit of information on just putting together that general retirement plan. When you have a, a true financial plan in place and when, when an advisor really puts you through that process of that financial plan, you're gonna know what you need to have your investment return be 
for you to have to, for you to be successful essentially. Right. Sure. So that's going to keep you from comparing yourself to anybody else. Cause you really should not be comparing yourself to, you know, somebody else's portfolio or one stock that somebody told you about. You should be comparing your situation to your own financial plan, right? And tracking it that way, seeing, okay, am I still in line with what I need based on my own situation, not on, you know, Uncle Bob's stock picks? Well, that's the one of the things that you do at uh, Retirement Wealth is you make individual plans and and they're all unique. And, and you know, although people are in similar situations, everyone's a little bit different. And that's where the, uh, the art of what it is you do comes in. Yeah, and that's where people get the confidence to actually retire is because they know that that plan was custom built for them, sure. right? Nothing is cookie cutter. Nothing is, yeah, here's what we do for every single client. It's exactly the same. No, because everybody's situation is completely different. Everybody that walks through the door most of the time is at a different age. Some people are already in retirement. Some people are nearing retirement, want to make sure that they're okay. Everybody has either a different amount of assets or you know assets in different places, whether it's real estate, large 401ks, they're selling a business, they're inheriting money, wherever it may be coming from, those are all going to have different strategies that you can use uh, to actually fulfill your needs for your situation. And when people have a custom plan that is truly built to their situation and they see the in-depth process that we go through with our clients and that we're actually building a relationship with them, mm -hmm. right? This isn't, and there's nothing transactional about it. It's about building a relationship and updating and monitoring that financial plan throughout time. That's what allows people to sleep at night, right? No matter what the market is doing, they know that that plan is being constantly updated for their situation. And it starts with education, Joseph. And that is one thing that you do at Retirement Wealth that you focus on is the teaching aspect or the education so that we understand what's happening with our money. Yeah. And I think, again, that's what keeps people on the same page because there's a lot of people that maybe are working with an advisor already, but they're disconnected because they don't really understand the strategy that's going on with that advisor. Nobody's ever sat them down and actually said, okay, here's why we're investing and in what we're investing in, in your portfolio, or here's what you're investing in and what it truly means. A lot of people that come through the door, they have a, a you know portfolio filled with mutual funds of companies they, they probably never even heard of. And they're sure. like, yeah, this is what they said is best for me. And in most cases, a lot of times, their portfolio that they have looks exactly like the other advisor's client's portfolio, <laughs> well, right? That he, that he preached to that other person was best for them. You know, best, this is the best thing for your situation as well, which, you know, it kind of contradicts itself. How can one thing be the best thing for every single person? It doesn't, sure. it does not work that way as far as investments go. And that goes right back to a 401k who where they're automatically put into target date funds. Um, so you want to talk about a, a cookie cutter plan. I mean, it's if you're in that, what, you know, the target date fund yeah. for 2035, well, guess what? Everybody else that has that date is in that same plan. Right. And, and, and that's that, not a plan. And that target date fund, the manager of that target date fund, he doesn't know you, right? He <laughs> no. doesn't know your situation. He doesn't know, you know, exactly when you want to retire by or the goals and wishes that you have, right? Think about just if, if, if that's if that's you listening and, and that relates to your situation, think about all the people that you work with and how different your situation is than theirs. Right. Right. Maybe you want to travel more. Maybe you want to buy a second house. Comparing that to your, your other employees that you work with is completely different. Um, and that fund manager doesn't care. Right. They're investing that just the same exact way. Oh, this is for somebody who wants to retire in 2035. So this is the best way to invest this. No, right? It should be customized to exactly what you need and what you want to achieve in retirement.
And one of the other things that we're talking about, some do's and don'ts. and, and uh, But so one, do prepare for the unexpected, because if there's nothing else, the certainty of uncertainty describes retirement. Yeah. And I mean, and we understand that, too. Right. So when we're building these plans, and we've talked about this on the, on the show before, and it's seeing people kind of w- will tilt their heads sometimes when we say this. But then once we go through it, they understand what we mean. And it's we're planning for the plan to not go according to plan. Right. right. Because oh, I like that. There, there's, there's so many variables that can happen in retirement and in life. Right. I mean, everybody can understand that, that it's extremely hard to get it exactly right. But what we can do is take all the information we have, take all of our experience that we have with clients and start to build out that plan and factor in those variables now. Hey, this may not happen, but if it does, here's what that looks like in your plan. And the best thing is, is that once we have that built, once we cover all those grounds, it's so easy to see, okay, well, this strategy is definitely more efficient for you than this one, because we already have that, that, you know, that snowball that's going down the hill. We already have that built, right? We have the foundation for your retirement already crafted. And then we can say, Hey, here, let's, let's see what a Roth conversion looks like for you. How much is that going to cost you in taxes now? How much is that going to save you in the future or any type of estate planning strategies that we may put into play? How does that affect your actual overall plan? We have all those plans built already for our clients. And then whenever any of these unexpected events actually do occur, well, we already have that maybe factored into a scenario for your plan. So we know everything's going to be okay for you and nobody's losing sleep over that. Wow. I have, I, I, Steve, I'm about to go off again. I love Eric Carney, but Joseph Lanza talking about folks comparing themselves to others when it comes to their investments. It triggered a memory from a famous movie, and I just have to play this short clip. I got in early on some wireless IPOs, and the stuff just skyrocketed from there. What about you, Greg? What line of work are you in? I'm in healthcare. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. There are a lot of Benjamins to be made right now with the biotech stuff. I don't have to tell you that. How's your portfolio? I'd say strong to quite strong. Yeah, you got to strike while the iron's hot. It just, (laughs) it made me think of that immediately because so many folks do that, including I used to do that. Everybody was investing in crypto, and I was thinking, what is crypto? Should I invest in this because other people are? And that is not the way to go about it. You do need the planning for the plan to not go according to plan quote was (laughs) just poetic. Uh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I, I think so, too. If you want to learn more about uh, Eric and his, t- well, and Joseph, uh, the show is WealthWorks Radio. You can catch it on, uh, let's see, uh, WCCF 1580 in Punta Gorda, Florida. Uh, you can find it, of course, as a podcast anywhere you get a podcast. Uh, Eric Carney, Joseph Lanza, they're, um, yeah, th- and plus they do TV as well. Wow. All right, so uh, one more clip, Chrissy, and uh, we're going to call it a show. We're going to get close to home. Parker Holland is here with the Parker Holland Show. I have the pleasure of working with him. He's a, I mean, Parker's a young, younger um, advisor, but he is so smart. He's one of the smartest people I know. Um, you know what I mean? Oh, he is incredibly smart, and he's incredibly driven. I'll say that. Well, that's true, too. So in this case, well, he's going to break down a case study, which I love. And I know you do, too, Chrissy. Uh, So here's the thing. He's starting with a 71-year-old man with $900,000. And Parker's going to tell us how he can turn that into $3 million. Ooh. Names out of the hat, Steve. Age 71, 900,000. 
Okay. 71, 900,000. And here's where it always gets more creative and fun for us. I chose income immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, 71. Yeah, I would think well, so. And that's the thing. It's all relative. People are working longer. People are going further out. And then a lot of the times people plan when they're in that like one year of retirement, like they're retiring in like 30 days, not 30 years or yeah. 30 months. We have people come to us all the time. The sooner you plan, the better, but it doesn't mean that it can't work. So 71, 900,000 retiring immediately. So on paper, Wall Street's going to pretty much say that in that standard situation, the 4% rule. Okay. They, I know there's been talk and arguments about the 4% rule being moved down, but it's also based on age. So when someone is past 70, it kind of holds steady. So that means they should only really be able to generate 3000 a month before tax out of that 900,000. Well, that doesn't work for a lot of people. And our plans and strategies pretty much blow that roll out of the water if they're properly initiated. So what we're able to do is $51,507 right out the gate with no risk of outliving that income. Okay. Now, and here's where I always like focusing, and this is a big part of the show, was these strategies are not giving up growth on the principal. They're not giving up increasing the income, but we do also plan worst case. We're saying if the market's down for the next 30 years, we want the numbers to work. So in that situation, I ran actually two cases technically, because I feel like we've had more questions about this than not. What if that, what if that client wanted to keep the principal intact? and still maintain that legacy for their heirs. Well, they could take out that 51,570 a year and let's just say life expectancy tables, they live to age 95. All right. That's on paper what they would live to if we did a 30-year plan. That means that they put in 900 and they took out over 1.2 million during that period of time. Now, let's say the market does less than half of what it's been doing over the last decade. Now, All right, that's not unreasonable. That's not unreasonable. Less than half. So we're looking at pretty much 7% or less. The What we call the death benefit, the legacy, what would be left in that portfolio. And this is where I always like saying it always gets tight depending on the year you're looking at. It would still be worth over 840000 Oh, man. So don't forget, I ran low returns. So there would be years where that principal would be needed to maintain that income. Of course. But the benefit is it still kept it there. That is still such a tight knit that we call it a spin leaf plan, but that is a very conservative figure. Now, here's why we like planning worst case scenario, but we don't give up the growth. I took this exact same example and I put it in the last 10 years of the market. So a lot of people don't realize by regulation, we pretty much can only use the last 10 years. Sure. But the problem with that is it's always with that statement, past performance doesn't predict future, but based on historic data. So this is the kicker about it. That 900,000 in that same scenario, age 71, taking out 51,507 immediately. We want to increase that income. And at age 95, that 51,000 has gone to over 150,000 in income. 150. So so that's our inflation protection. So that means over that same period of time, over that 30 plus years that they took out over 2 million in withdrawals in income. And the principal of that original 900,000 investment would be worth over 3 million. Wow. That's the problem with the last decade. Yeah. Even when you look at the craziness of 22, the drop of COVID and everything that's gone on, the market is still 
annualizing at a significantly higher rate. It has consistently annualized pretty much between a 10.6 and 16.7 over the last 10 years. But that's where people don't realize that there are strategies out there to not give up growth for safety. These strategies take into account long-term care and tax protection. If we're working with an IRA, it takes into account satisfying RMDs. If you have 900000 it's not in a retirement account. It's in cash. You don't want to have to worry about capital gains and income dividend tax and all of that as well. These are tax sheltered plans. We can mold these situations. You don't have to be exactly that age, exactly that dollar value or only in retirement assets. There's cash, there's stock sales, people sell property. There's a lot of ways you can save for retirement, but it's all about having a plan that's looking at those moving pieces. Steve. There you go. Oh my goodness. Not giving up growth for safety. Parker Holland found his calling young, but he found it indeed because the growing your portfolio, growing your nest egg doesn't need to stop when you hit retirement. That can keep going. And as evidenced by the, the case study that we just heard, right? imagine, imagine if you walked in and, and just said, Hey, I'm retiring. You know, I just want to live off of this and not even try anymore. You don't have to give up the g- growth on income. You've got the principal protection and you're creating a fun future for yourself that involves still earning money, still possibly leaving, you know, money to your maybe children or, or grandchildren. And this gentleman at 95 had millions. I mean, that is incredible. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Wow. Go go Parker and go this go gentleman. Yeah. And again, if you're in the Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina, you can hear the show on the weekends, 106.1 FM Talk in Raleigh. And, you know, if you want to reach uh, Parker, you can, well, actually, you can reach any of the advisors, 800-662-6808, or you can even text PIZZA to 600-700. Well, Chrissy, I, uh, I have enjoyed this. This is fun. We're going to do this every week. Oh, me too. This has been such a treat, Steve. Thank you so much for letting me join you on what What is my favorite podcast? Well, thanks. You're very nice. Uh, You can reach us. uh, Let's see me, Steve at financialpizza.com. Thanks to Gary Nolan for helping out today, as well as Chrissy for contributing. And, uh, you know, Chrissy and I produce the show, write the show, and we do the show all from the palatial state-of-the-art studios at Broadcasting Experts in Apex, North Carolina, right? Coach P Radio. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken.